0: All right. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, I'm Levi Valentine, and uh, I'm from—I live in the Kansas City area. Uh, I've been playing fantasy football for probably 15 years now, or so. And uh, Brent got me into Dynasty Football a couple of years ago, and we decided this year that we would start a website and a podcast to try to uh, share some of the knowledge that we've gained over the years and with everybody out there. And so. Uh, we have a podcast. We're about ten episodes in, and we're doing divisional previews right now. And we have one going up tomorrow for the NFC North. So keep an eye out for that. And I'll let Brent introduce himself.
1: Yeah, I'm Brent Heikus. Um I've been I live in Nebraska. I lived in Nebraska my whole life. I am a fifth grade teacher, and I've been playing fantasy football for about twenty years now, and I'm almost fifteen years playing Dynasty. So. I really enjoy playing Dynasty and a few years ago I started playing Devi with Levi and that's been a lot of fun too so just fun to play all these different types of fantasy football and and like Levi said a couple months ago we started this podcast and so far I'm really enjoying it so I'm gonna get started on the questions Levi.
0: Yeah, So far, i have it's made me wonder how Brent's done so well in fantasy football, but <laughs> I guess he finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, we can start. Uh, we'll kind of go through these. If you guys want to submit any questions as we talk, we'll keep checking those out. But I think the, we'll probably start at the top. And the first question was thoughts on Johnny Smith. So Brent, I'm a little biased as a Titans fan, so I'll let you lead us off on this question.
1: Well, um, let me pull up his profile page real quick. I'm I know last year he really didn't deal with having Delaney Smith or Delaney Walker around. So um you can't say that he had the fight fight time with Delaney Walker last year, but um, I'm thinking it'll be pretty similar to last year. I'm sure he'll probably have a few more receptions. See, so he got thirty five receptions, four hundred and thirty nine yards, and three touchdowns last year. I don't see him getting over 50, 50 catches but he might get close to it so he might get a few more touchdowns but with I see it as dynasty he's around the 16th, 15th dynasty tight end and in redraft around around the same place maybe 16th or 17th I'd say he's getting drafted about where he should be I just don't expect a big year out of John Smith this
2: year. I am. am, Go ahead, Levi. I am much higher than Brent on John Smith. So Delaney Walker
0: actually did play about six games last season. Uh, And so once he was, I think he got injured, and that's ultimately what got John Smith the chance to start getting a significant share of the playing time after that. So you look at uh, Delaney Walker's last game was on uh, October 13th against The Broncos, the next game is when Johnny took over. And then his second game, he had six catches for 78 yards and really down the stretch started to become a big fantasy factor. He had that touchdown catch in the game against the Ravens. He's an incredible athlete across the board. The Titans have a ton of big, fast players between him and A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. So they're a lot of fun to watch, and I am a Titans fan. But I think Johnny Smith, I like him a lot in Dynasty. This year I could see him taking a jump up for weeks seven through 16 last year, after Delaney Walker was out of the picture, Johnny Smith was tight end number 13. So he finished the year pretty strong. It doesn't take a lot to be a back end tight end one, but he was right there. And I think with another year of experience under his belt, he'll be primed to take another step forward. Uh, He has a clear role in this offense now. Uh, And I like Johnny a lot, great size, amazing. Like I said, incredible athlete. Uh, He's going into what year is he? Drafted. He was drafted in two thousand seventeen. So this will be year three, which is really when we expect those tight ends to take a big step forward. And I think he started to emerge last year and I think he'll continue that this year. And I could see him being, you know, uh serviceable tight end one. And I don't know if the conditions are right, I could see him having a really strong year, maybe getting up just outside of those top four or five tight ends that we all would love to have on our team in Dynasty and redraft. Okay.
1: You do like him. And, <laughs> um, in week 12, he had zero catches for zero yards, and he had he played 50 snaps that game. So that was without Delaney Walker. The following week in week 13, he had two catches for zero yards. And in week yeah. 17, he, he had zero for zero again. So you hate to have those types of games. That's why I think I'd rather get like a Goddard or a TJ Hawkinson instead of John Smith. But, I mean, he could have a decent year
0: this year yeah he's somewhat limited by the offense probably since they do prefer to run the ball and just pass as necessary in order to keep the defense honest but i i like him a lot as a prospect and i think he could be a really good secondary receiving option in that offense behind a.j brown this year all right all right which one do you want to do next brent
1: wide receivers is that what, what's next?
0: We'd have to go that in order, so that... if you want to pick whichever one you want, but we can do that one.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the Texans receivers. Who's going to come out on Space top? the ghost
0: forest, so we kind of have right. to throw him a bone, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So um, we're talking Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb. Um, I mean, I don't know if you think Kiki Cutie will do anything or – Isaiah Coulter, so it's basically between out of those four that I mentioned, um, Will Fuller, he bothers me with his injury history, and his, I mean, gosh, he has great games sometimes, and then sometimes like the next game, he'll get one catch for 19 yards, so I, I'm not, I won't be picking Will Fuller on much of my teams, but the guy that kind of sticks out to me is Brandon Cooks, and I think he will lead this, that wide receiver, the wide receiver corpse for the Texans. I think he'll lead them in, in fantasy points this year. I mean, he's he's got to stay healthy, and he's done a pretty good job at that the last couple of years. He's only missed two games, in the last three years. Um, he had 42 catches, 583 yards last year for the Rams. I think he can maybe, get 60, 70 catches this year, and maybe five to seven touchdowns, nothing great, but I think, I mean, those four receivers that I mentioned, they all could be stealing targets from each other as long as they're all healthy. So, I mean, it's kind of a, kind of pick your guy there. So what, what are you thinking, Levi?
0: I'm not in love with any of them either. I like Brandon Cook's talent the best. If he can avoid the concussions, which God, I hope he can this year. I think he has a chance to be, pretty successful in that offense. He's been very successful historically everywhere he's gone from New Orleans to New England to Los Angeles with the Rams and now with Houston. I could definitely see that continuing. Uh, the Again, I was surprised here. The Texans passed only 58% of the time last season. They were number 22 in the NFL as far as percentage of passes versus runs, Uh, and I mentioned last when we talked about Johnny Smith that he is somewhat limited by the offense. The Titans only passed on 51% of their plays last year, which was 30th in the NFL. So I think that is a limiting factor for all of these receivers in Houston in addition to being one for Johnny Smith uh, in Tennessee. Uh, And then, like you mentioned, there are the injury concerns with Will Fuller. There's the concussion history with Brandon Cooks. Randall Cobb is – turning 30 in a few weeks. So I, he had a surprisingly good last year last year. I was impressed by him, and I did not see that coming. But he's had one season over a 1,000 yards, and that was in 2014. So he's maybe a flex at best. Last year he had 828 yards. There's plenty of target competition in this offense, and like we mentioned, they don't pass the ball a lot to start with. So it's hard to see Randall Cobb being – starter worthy on a week-by-week basis Uh, so if i were going to pick one i think i'd go with brandon cooks just based on track record and based on the fact that he is pretty young and i think you know if he can't avoid those concussions he's demonstrated that he's he can produce at a high level uh you have a great quarterback there in deshaun watson who's more than capable of getting him the ball and cook's still only 26 years old has a thousand yards four years in a row, two with New Orleans, one with New England, and one with LA before going back down to 583 last year with his injury and different issues. So like Brandon Cooks a lot, uh, I just, I don't know if I would want to rely on any of those guys on a week to week basis. I'm with you.
1: And that, you just kind of answered that second part of that question. Are you buying any of them in particular for fantasy relevancy and dynasty? And you kind of said cooks and, I, I think cooks too for for dynasty. Um, four might be close, but I'm still out of those four I'm picking I'm picking cooks and another yeah, thing I'm throw you, out. Go ahead.
0: I bet you can get cooks pretty cheap in dynasty right now because people are pretty concerned about that about his concussion history uh, when you look at his his track record. so uh, last year he had a concussion in week eight. He had a concussion in week five last year as well. He had a concussion in the postseason in 2017, a concussion in 2016. So he's got a pretty long documented track record, and who knows, you know, what he's had that isn't documented on the injury reports over the years or prior to playing in the NFL.
1: And he seems to get traded all the time, too. <laughs> How many times? Yeah, have you got? one, four, four teams now, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, so he played for, like I mentioned, the Saints, the Patriots, the Rams, Patriots. and now the Texans. Yeah.
1: Wow. All right. Um, and another thing I want to throw out there, real quick. Um, I do think with Hopkins gone, yeah, there's some more targets out there. I they have four tight ends that that are actually <laughs> decent, and they might be stealing a lot of the targets too, with Jordan, Thomas, uh, Aikens. Who else have they got? Darren, Holliday Waring, and, and Waring, yeah. So that's yeah. that's four tight ends that they're going to be competing with for targets too. So it's it's nothing yeah, I like, that I
0: go ahead. I like, I like the Holliday Warren as a stash if you don't have him in your league. Yeah. The rest of their tight ends don't have a lot of upside, but I think he is one who does if he's able to take that starting job. All right,
1: and adding to that, now that Brandon Cooks is gone, do you think Cooper Cup? will have a tough time dealing with tougher coverage. If so, do you think Robert Woods could have a better season than Cup? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Robert Woods will have a better year than Cup. And I think maybe by a lot, Robert Woods could have a good year this year.
0: Uh, I like Robert Woods a lot. As you know, we actually did our uh, preview, or we've talked about this on the podcast uh, also. Cooper Cup plays a lot in the slot. And so I don't worry about him as much when it comes to coverage uh, from the opposing team. He played 80% of the snaps last year uh, and 65% of the time, 66% of the time he was in the slot. And so I think from the perspective of him being able to get open, it probably isn't going to make a huge difference. They do still have Robert Woodser, who's more than capable of being that receiver on the outside that prevents the defense from being able to focus entirely on Cup. Uh, And I have a lot of faith in Sean McVay's ability to uh, get these guys open and keep them productive, keep them productive from a fantasy perspective. Uh, As far as whether Cup or Woods is going to be better, I think they're both going to have really good seasons this We've mentioned passing volume a few, a few times now. The Rams are one of the past heaviest offenses in the NFL. Last year, uh, Robert Woods was number 12 in fantasy points per game with well, just over 15. And Cooper Cup was number seven in fantasy points per game at 16.9. So there wasn't a huge gap to begin with uh, between those two players. Uh, I think I would be happy to have either one of them on my
2: team this year. Yeah. I agree. I'll let you pick the next question, Levi. All right. Uh, Let's see. Let's go with this one. I like Joe Mixon a lot, as you know, Brent. So
0: I'll ask you, where does Joe Mixon rank among running backs this year for you? you Namrick was the one who sent in this question, so thank you, Namrick. Uh, it just asks for this year only, so okay, yeah, take a redraft approach.
2: All right, let me get my list pulled up here I like Mixon as a as a running back one this season,
0: and I could see him potentially having top five running back type upside. I think we saw the floor for Mixon last year with Cincinnati being so bad, and he still had a really good fantasy season. Uh, and their offensive line has improved with some of the pieces that they've added uh, in the off season. and then last year even with that pretty bad offense, Mixon was uh, number 19 in fantasy points per game, just over 14 points. He finished on a tear at the end of the season, so uh, halfway through the year he was pretty rough, and then he finished uh, if the last few weeks uh, pretty Strongly, So I like Mixon a lot, and I think with some of the weapons they've added with getting A.J. Green back, uh, having Joe Burrow to open up the passing game a little bit, T. Higgins is there now, and, of course, Tyler Boyd's still there. Uh, I think that'll open up some running lanes for Mixon, and I think he's in a really good position to have a really strong year. Yeah, I, I
1: agree. Um, I, I was looking at my rankings, and I see that I have him sixth out of all the running backs, so definitely running back one. I like him more than Delvin Cook. I like him more than Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs and those guys. But Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara are slightly ahead of him. Um, but, yeah, I think having Joe Burrow there will kind of open up that offense a little bit, and I think the Bengals' offense will be actually pretty good this year. And As long as Mixon stays healthy, he can get you some good fantasy points this year. So I'm de- I definitely see myself having – a few shares of Joe Mixon on my on my fantasy teams this year.
2: Yeah, I agree. All right, I'll let you pick the next one, Brent. Do
1: you want to talk about Steven Sims? I can tell this guy really likes Steven Sims. His username <laughs> is Steven Sims, and he wants to know why he's the most underrated player in fantasy this year. So I'll let you take it, Levi.
0: Uh, I guess is he's Steven the most underrated because runners? nobody likes him as <laughs> much as this guy. <laughs> uh, Steven Sims. What can we say about Steven Sims? He played just down the road from me at KU uh, in college, so yeah. rock chalk if you're a KU fan. <laughs> I'm Terry McLaurin. I think that depth chart is wide open, and I think Steven Sims is a good candidate to be the number two receiver in that offense. He had a really good finish to the season last year when we pull up his game log, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so he had a really strong finish, actually. In the last three games, he had 8, 10, and 11 targets, uh, with 5, 6, and 5 receptions, and between 45, 64, and 81 yards, touchdown in each of those games, and two touchdowns in one of those games against the Giants. So he came out strong at the end of last year, and I, I see a little bit of what you like there in Stephen Sims. He is a smaller receiver, 5'10", 176, so... You know, he plays primarily out of the slot. About 73% of the time he's operating in the slot, which apparently he was able to overcome Trey Quinn, who I liked a lot going into last year, but didn't pan out at all, uh, and take a lot of those slot uh, receptions. I think he has a role in that offense, and I could see him having a good year. I was trying to see – Brent, I'll let you talk about a little bit, and I was going to see where he's going in ADP right now.
1: I, I was just looking at Trey Quinn. Um, looks like he must – I don't remember – Um, But he must have got hurt um, around week 13, and that's kind of when Steven Sims kind of picked up picked up a little steam. And Trey Trey Quinn, I mean, he didn't do horrible to start off the first half of the year. Um, So it it could be that slot position actually um, might get you some pretty good value at Washington, especially with a young quarterback with Dwayne Haskins. Um, But yeah, I think Steven Sims. Um, Gandy Golden has an opportunity. Trey Quinn and Stephen Sims might be battling for that slot position. So I'm thinking, I think Gandy Golden um, will take that outside receiver spot um, now that Kelvin uh, Harmon is hurt. So there's a good chance that Stephen Sims or Trey Quinn could be that number two wide receiver fantasy-wise. Um, I do like Terry McLaurin this year. He'll he'll do great. Um, he might even be a wide receiver one with with him. I mean, it's basically just him, honestly, at wide receiver. But um, Stephen Sims, I mean, decent. I might he, he might be a good pickup late in the draft. But Trey Quinn coming back does kind of worry me because he did yeah. he did obviously he beat him out last year to start out the
0: year. Yeah, the other thing with Washington is I don't love any of their tight ends. I mean, you have Jeremy Sprinkle, Logan Thomas, and Richard Rogers, so not a lot to like there, which opens up more opportunity for those receivers. It'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with that offense.
1: And another guy that could, might actually play possibly more slot than Steven Sims and Trey Quinn is Antonio Gibson. He played a lot of wide receiver at Memphis last year, and who knows, maybe he'll take that slot position so i mean i know you like steve sims but i'd stay away but if, i mean if if you're gonna waste a late pick on him go ahead and wait waste a late pick on him but i don't think i'd be doing that
0: <laughs> yeah my browser crashed so can you hear me i'm back yeah yep you're back. all right I see you. all right sorry about that everybody all right. So I, I, where I'm at on nope. Stephen Sims then is just bottom line is I like him as a stash in Dynasty and I probably wouldn't waste a roster spot on him at least to start the year in a redraft league, but definitely a good guy to have on the end of your bench in Dynasty. It won't cost you much. Yeah.
2: All right.
1: Next question. You, you, All can, right. you can pick it. Your turn to pick.
2: So
0: I have one request. I think nobody is here in the in the uh, panel right now. Yeah, so nobody – you asked a question that I want to answer, but I want to know what you consider deep. So if you could post in the AMA, you asked about deep, deep flyers for Devi or Campus Cam Leagues that could break out this year and eventually succeed in the NFL. Uh, Let me know what you consider deep. I want to know how deep to go. But So we'll keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, uh, let's talk about –
1: when you said nobody was here, I thought really literally
0: thought <laughs> yeah. nobody was here. His username is nobody. I got let's you. talk I about. It <laughs> let's talk about this one from Inspirational Pine Pinecone. So he asked, said Robbie Anderson versus Alan Robinson, and he really just wants to hear our thoughts on them. Just a coincidence that their names are similar. Uh, he felt that <laughs> Alan Robinson is overhyped, while Alan, while Robbie is underhyped. And we just talked about Alan Robinson on the podcast the other night. He was one of my. Eyes and dynasty, actually, so I am fully on board the Allen Robinson train, inspirational pine cone, uh, but I know Brent has some good thoughts on Robbie Anderson and a pretty interesting anecdote that he blogged about, actually, so Brent, why don't you share that story?
1: Yeah, um, Robbie Anderson, he went to Temple a couple years ago, and um, he got kicked off the team. And his coach was lobbying for him to get better and get back on the team. And um, that coach is Matt Rule, who is who is currently the coach at Carolina right now. And um, interestingly enough, um, Robbie Anderson went ahead and signed with Carolina Panthers with Matt Rule. So, and with their new offensive coordinator, um, Joe Brady, he's going to really open it up. And he's going to let Britt Bridgewater throw it around to his receivers and McCaffrey. And Robbie Anderson, he's he he was a pretty good receiver. He had a couple of good years for the New York Jets and that's pretty pretty good to say that he had a couple of good years at the New York Jets. And I think there's a good chance that Robbie Anderson could have a good year at Carolina, especially with in the new offense. And um I can see him being the second wide receiver in line at Carolina. I definitely think he can beat out Curtis Samuel. Um, he probably won't be able, be able to beat out uh, DJ Moore, but I see him getting more targets than Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel might get a few rushing attempts, and they might want They might actually use Curtis Samuel more that way. But um, I expect pretty big things from Robbie Anderson. I don't like him more than Ellen Robinson, but um, I definitely <laughs> think that, Robbie Anderson's worth worth a draft pick, and I think he could have a pretty good year this year, and definitely get a few touchdowns, too, going deep. What do you think about Robbie Anderson?
0: So Robbie Anderson I mean, is...
1: We all, we all, we all know you love Allen Robinson, so go ahead and talk <laughs> about
0: Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's going into year five in the league. He's 27 now. He's never had a thousand-yard season. His closest was 941 yards in his second season. I think that it'll be interesting to see how they split up the uh, the targets between him and Curtis Samuel this year, since I think they could have pretty similar roles in that offense. And I don't know if there's going to be enough balls to go around to make them both fantasy relevant. So we know, as Brent pointed out, that Matt Rule has a history with Robbie Anderson. Maybe he uses that to take some of the work away from Curtis Samuel. But I don't know. Like, I, he just... The odds of him becoming fantasy relevant after, you know, four years in the league already are pretty low as far as being a reliable starter on a week-to-week basis. Uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, he's not known for throwing the ball deep, I don't think, yeah. although I think he is, I had the number four deep ball completion percentage last season, so he can do it. But he was only uh, – Number thirty-seven in past distance attempts, six yards a pass on average. So I don't know. Like that's the other thing that concerns me is I know Teddy can throw it deep, but I just don't know how often he will. And I'm. Did you see anything from Matt Rule's offense at Baylor last year, Brent, that led you to believe that he might have downfield passing as a key part of the game on a week-to-week basis? Not really.
1: Looking at rules, offense from Baylor. I'm, I'm mainly looking at Joe oh, Brady him being the offensive coordinator at LSU, and obviously you know the story there. They made they made they made three LSU wide receivers look spectacular. Made Clyde edwards Hilaire look really good. And Joe Joe Burrow looked at won the Heisman. People are talking he was the best quarterback here in college. So, I mean, if it's I know it's not going to be like that. It's a whole new step doing this in, in the NFL. But Joe yeah. Brady he knows he knows Bridgewater. Cuz Brady was at New Orleans um with Bridgewater. So, um, I mean I, I know Bridgewater isn't a great deep downfield passer, but he'll open it up and I'm not worried about Robbie Anderson competing with Curtis Samuel. I, Yes, they're both speed receivers, but I think Curtis Samuel is more. uh, I I think this year they're going to use Curtis Samuel more, like he was used in college. Um, He'll get some screen passes, he'll do some reverses, and just some random running plays. And every once in a while, yeah, he might go deep. But I I think they're different types of players. Him and Robbie Anderson.
0: Uh, I think you'd be surprised a little bit so last year uh curtis samuel had the number 11 total target distance 1542 yards his average target distance was number 17 among receivers so he goes downfield quite a bit and that was kind of a specialty last year they weren't very successful at getting him the ball his catchable target rate was awful 105th in the nfl only 63 percent so Obviously, we know the issues with the Panthers quarterback play last year, and I think Curtis Samuel was a victim of that. And so his role has been that downfield target. They, I it, hasn't, optimistic. It, hasn't
1: been, it hasn't been successful, though. So they might how much wanna...
0: is that? You're probably getting catchable targets at 63% of the time, which is 105th in the league. I don't know how much blame you can put on Samuel for that.
1: No, I'm I'm not really putting blame on, on Samuel. It's just that I just think they'll they'll pull it back a little bit and they won't put too much of that on Samuel's plate and maybe they'll just make things a little bit easier for Samuel and kinda use him like, like he was used in college.
0: Be interesting to see. I don't know. His target separation last year was one point seven five yards, so that's on average when he Uh, when the closest defensive back at the moment moment the passes arrives, it was 1.75 yards away. That's number 23 in the NFL. So he was getting open, and he was getting open deep. And those are high-value targets. Uh, I think if he can continue to do that, he could carve out a really good role in this offense. I'm a little more optimistic about Curtis Samuel than I am about uh, Robbie Anderson, the more I think about it. So I like Curtis Samuel a lot. We had uh, Dom FFL in the chat agrees with me. Said blast me, Curtis Samuel is elite. I think I'm closer to Dom than I am to you, but maybe not quite all the way to elite <laughs> quite yet.
1: Come on, come on, Dom. <laughs> um, but, well, let's let's answer Dom's question now. Is well, Justin, are, are you done with? You wanna, so go nobody ahead.
0: got back to us. Do you want to go over that one quick? I don't oh, know if yeah. I have any answers. He's in a forty-five round campus to Canton draft, so <laughs> very deep. Uh, he sounds, says, like he well fun,
2: vers-
1: sounds like a fun. like a fun league. <laughs>
0: yeah, he said he's pretty well versed on twenty twenty-one class, so maybe some younger guys that didn't do much last year and have a breakout opportunity. So anybody that you like in Devi and uh, the forty-fifth round <laughs> or the is later this, round this of that draft. This is Devi. Uh, it's campus to Canton, so I think, and okay. nobody correct us if we're wrong, but I think that okay. involves players at the college level. I think there's a college I'm not. – we're not in, in any campus to Canton leagues, so but I think the way it works is there's kind of a college league where you, you start players in college and have matchups on a week-to-week basis, and then you also have those players that transition to your NFL roster, just like Debbie eventually, but yeah. So he's a college league plus NFL lead. College players feed the college players feed into the NFL league. So,
1: well, I, I'll we give you to, one.
0: I think that needs to be our next league, Brent.
1: Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Um, I, I'll give you I'll give you a deep sleeper. He hasn't played yet, and it's somebody that I'm familiar with. Um, Omar Manning from Nebraska, wide receiver. Um, he was. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was he number one JUCO this year, Levi? Uh,
0: I think two or three. He was at the
1: top, though. Okay. But, I mean, he just has the size to be an NFL receiver. And he, he might only be playing college football just one year, and then he'd probably move on to the NFL. I mean, there's a good chance of that happening. Um, but that's, that's one guy that comes off the top of my head. But um, give me – I mean, if I think of someone else later on during this hour – I'll definitely definitely throw one out there. But Omar Manning, definitely. Do you have one right now?
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Are you drafting right now, nobody? And what round are you in? Let us know. Because I want to give you somebody that's maybe still out there and not taken already. But I don't know if I have 45 rounds worth of heavy knowledge in my head. With, ours goes 10 deep in Debbie. In so. round eight, So. It's a 12-team league. You're looking about the top 100 guys off the board so far. One um, I like a lot, I don't know if he would be gone or not yet, is Puka Williams at KU. So he's going into his junior year. He's a smaller back. He's only like 170 or 175 pounds. But I think he has the potential to be an incredible satellite back in the NFL, third down, receiving back. Uh, he's we you know how bad KU is at football. Uh and he's been able to overcome that. So uh, if he's out there, take a look at him and see what you think. That's my probably right around that range you're looking at, and if he's not gone already, he might still be available and worth a shot. He was taken two picks ago. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man.
1: North Carolina has a couple good wide receivers, too. That Their names, um, I can't think of them right now, but um, I really like those two guys at North Carolina.
0: Deami Brown was one, right? Yes, that is it.
1: That's one of them. And they have another guy, too. I always get them mixed up. One of them will be a good slot receiver, and the other one will be good on the outside.
0: Well, I'm sorry we weren't more help, nobody. If we think of anybody as we go through this, we'll let you know.
1: As As Newsome, there you go, Dom.
0: Awesome, a Dom
2: to help out, nobody. That's awesome.
1: But like I said, Dom, Omar Manning, look out.
0: (laughs) He's probably out there. It's kind of a homer pick from Brent. Both Nebraska guys.
1: (laughs) Maybe wait wait a few more
2: rounds. Don't get him in the eighth, but maybe, maybe in 15 to 20, 20th round. All right, Brent. Sorry,
0: you were picking one next, and you started to say which one you wanted to do, but I interrupted you.
1: There's oh, another question by Dom: um, Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly, are they worth a roster spot?
0: Uh, so, Dom, I don't know if you're talking about redraft or dynasty. They're definitely both worth a roster spot in dynasty.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. They're both worth worth a roster or spot in dynasty. I'd say Justin Jackson was worth a roster spot in redraft, and Josh Kelly might be a guy to keep an eye on. Um, honestly, I'm I'm pretty high on whoever wins that second second string running back job at, at San Diego. Um, Eckler will still get his, he'll get his, he'll get his touches, but I do expect this second this second guy at San Diego to have a pretty good year and definitely be fantasy relevant by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I like Joshua Kelly a lot for longer term in Dynasty, and I could see him getting some work this year. Well, with Austin Eckler, we know he's not. And as we did our – we have an AFC West preview episode out there actually already. We've recorded that one, and it's published. So go check it out. But my cell was – in Dynasty was Austin Eckler, and he's not – he's really one-dimensional as a pass catching back and never had a significant number of carries in the running game. And so – uh, I think Joshua Kelly could slide into that role if he can beat out Justin Jackson. But whoever of those two who ends up getting
2: that job, I think they're going to get a decent amount of work this year. All right. That means it's my turn, Brent.
0: Uh, so yep. let's answer this one from T Money. And his question was: Swift carry on Johnson, or just fade the Detroit running backs? And so let's answer this
2: as if it's a redraft league. So just for this year, if I had to choose one of them, it'd be Swift. Um, but I'd fade on both of them.
1: I'd stay away. Um, there's there's better guys out there. I think that you can take advantage of. And around that time is when I would start looking at a quarterback and a tight end anyway, where they're getting drafted. But I do like Swift a little bit better than carry on Johnson. Um, carry on Johnson and his injury history just kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, but and, and I know for sure they do want to run the ball more. So I, I wish I can give you a nice clear answer and tell you that one of them is going to take over and be the guy, but I see definitely a timeshare here and I'm fading both of them. And we you know, found
0: a timeshare that Brent doesn't love. At, yeah, yeah. If anybody's heard the podcast, you know, that's a rare feat. <laughs> Brent loves those timeshare running backs. Actually. So I looked it up and on ESPN ADP right now, DeAndre Swift is going 64th overall. Uh, and, um, let me see what he's going for running backs, Number 24, so number 24 overall running back. Uh, he's actually going ahead of carry on Johnson. who's going as the number 33 running back. I think that's right. I think Deandre Swift is probably going to be the lead back in this offense this year. We saw from carry Johnson himself. He had a comment that he actually acknowledged. He feels like he's better used as a complimentary back than like a feature back as a role player, basically. And so, that opens the door wide open for for DeAndre Swift to take over that primary back role in Detroit. They drafted him with some pretty high draft capital. What do you, I think it was the 11th pick in the second round, if I have that right. Let me check quick. Uh, and so I think they've invested... Oh, he's the third pick in the second round, so almost first-round draft capital. Just a few picks behind uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He was the number one back on a lot of analyst boards going after the, after the combine going into the draft. And I I think this situation there is a little bit better than people realize. I think that offense is going to take a step forward. with Matthew Stafford back this year. Uh, and I think that DeAndre Swift does have a three down skill set. He was a pretty good pass catcher in college. Uh, he had 24 catches last year and 32 the year before. So he can do it all. And he was, incredibly efficient in the sec as a running back at georgia uh, average 6.2 yards carry i don't see a lot not to like about deandre swift and i think that they sent a message when they took him that highly in the draft that they're ready to move on from carry on johnson as far as having a sizable role in that offense so give me deandre swift this year and at that value 64th overall so you're talking what would that be the uh, if you're in a twelve team league the beginning of the 7th round. Uh, beginning okay. of the 6th round, I guess it would be. Yeah, so I think at that point in the draft, he's worth a shot. When Probably has more upside than a lot of the other running backs in that range. Good points.
1: Good points. But yeah, if I had to choose between both of them, I'd definitely pick Swift, Redraft and Dynasty.
0: I agree. All right, Brent, what are we talking about Next.
1: Well, we got the Clyde Edwards-Aware hype conductor. He has a couple of good questions for us. He just drafted Preston Williams. Make him feel better about it, or end his whole career.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't think it's that bad. I don't know where you took him in your draft, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, if,
1: if he reached for him, then he might have to end his career. <laughs>
0: Uh, so should we assume he's talking about redraft or do we think he's talking about dynasty? Draft. Yeah. Redraft. Right now, Preston Williams is going as the number 50 wide receiver. So you don't have to spend too high of a pick on him. So I don't think you need to hang up your, uh, your mouse or your whistle there, uh, Mr. Conductor. Um, but Preston Williams would, what do you think, Brent? He had a pretty decent year last year, stepping in after some of the injuries they had there in Miami. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I like him. Um, Probably, w- I wouldn't reach for him, but as long as it, like I have him at wide receiver, fifty-three. W- would you say you had
0: him at fifty-four? Uh, well, I just that's where he's going in ADP. Oh, you? ADP. Yeah, my bad. He's going one hundred thirty-fifth overall on ESPN okay, for redraft okay. right now. All right,
1: um, but yeah, I, I mean, as long as you wouldn't reach for him, and I think he's definitely a worth a shot I, I Devonte Parker had a really good end end to the to, to last year, so he might be taking a little bit away from him. But Preston Williams did have some decent games last year. Not not a lot of touchdowns. Um, he did have a two touchdown game in week nine, and then then he got injured. But I mean, yeah. I,
0: I like Preston Williams
1: as long as his injury didn't doesn't linger.
0: And, he just I mean, commented Devontae... in the chat and he said he took he didn't reach. He took him at nine ten in a fourteen man league, so pretty good value okay. there. Yeah, that is good value. I like yeah, it. i makes me a little nervous about Preston Williams. So I love him as an undrafted wide receiver to come in and do what he did in a rookie season. Is incredibly impressive. He was wide receiver, 43 on a points-per-game basis, over 11 points a game in uh, PPR scoring. So he was a usable asset for the first seven weeks last year before he had hurt those seven weeks. Yeah, he tore his – oh, it was nine weeks. He tore his ACL in week nine. So that's the thing that makes me a little nervous about him is I'm always nervous about guys that first year after they tear their ACL. I don't know. We saw with Cooper Cup last year, he was basically back to normal. but. A lot of guys aren't able to be the player they were right away in that first year after they come back. And so that's what would make me a little nervous with Preston Williams is I think he might be later in the year or potentially in 2021 uh, before he is back to full strength. But longer term, I do like him a lot in that offense, especially now with whenever Tua takes over, I think that that's a pretty big upgrade at quarterback for them. And uh, I think that offense could be on the rise longer term. So if, I don't know if your league was a dynasty or a redraft, but uh, I like him a lot, and dynasty is somebody to go out and view. Yeah,
1: me too. Let's make his last three questions rapid fire. Okay. So we can, so we can get to some other questions, all right? All so right. are you a Tyler Lockett or a DK guy?
0: DK. Okay. I like the upside better.
1: I like Lockett. Is Noah Fant about to have a breakout season after having a similar rookie year in terms of targets and catches to George Kittle?
0: Yeah, Just that at our AFC West and Noah Fant, I believe was my dynasty buy. I like him a lot. Uh, I think he could take a big step forward this year.
1: Um, that's kind of a no from me. Um, he he might might be close, but um, I, I think having all those other having having Judy to deal with, having Cortland Sutton, Courtland Sutton, and even Albert O. Maybe not this year, but next year. Alberto um, might be stealing some targets too, and and they're running backs. They got three running backs, so there's a lot of mouths to feed at Denver, and Noah Fant will will get his share, but I think I don't think he'll I don't think he'll have a breakout season like George Kittle.
2: Brent who are your favorite late defeat. round? <laughs>
1: <laughs> who are your favorite late round quarterbacks?
0: So, uh, for redraft, I like Matthew Stafford. We just recorded our. NFC North preview last night. He was uh, my redraft sleeper, I believe. Uh, And so he's going 13th among quarterbacks right now. He had a huge first half of the year last year, almost 2,500 yards passing before he got hurt and was out for the year, 19 touchdowns. So he was on pace to have almost 5,000 yards, an MVP-type season. If he can repeat that this year, I like him a lot. Uh, If you want to go a little deeper, I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot in that offense with Matt Rule and Joe Brady working together. Uh, With the weapons that they have, uh, wide receiver, with DJ Moore, we talked about Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. And then I think Ian Thomas is kind of underrated as a tight end. I think they align perfectly with Bridgewater's skill set. He's incredibly accurate, especially in the short to intermediate passing game. Those guys are great after the catch. I think that is a perfect fit there in Carolina. So give me Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback, too, with a ton of upside this year. I I like
1: Derek Carr this year. We talked about him in our previous podcast, and I like Derek Derek Carr, especially. I mean, the site that I'm looking at, he's quarterback 28. You can easily get him as your quarterback too. So, Derek Carr is my guy. You might have to get Mar. You might have to get Marcus Mariota as your third quarterback just in case, because that that leash is shorter now. But I think (laughs) I think if Derek Carr can get past those first couple games. And look decent. I'm I'm liking Derek Carr as was a pretty good fantasy quarterback. He he had a he had surprisingly a if you look at the stats he had a decent year last year. All right, next question, Levi.
0: All right, let's talk about the Giants wide receivers. So this was a question from Inc. I, I'm probably getting that wrong, but it's I N Q U E. So thanks for submitting that. Uh, His question was best Giants wide receiver to own this year. So could you list the projected receptions leaders on the Giants in order, including Saquon and Ingram? I don't know if I have – no, I don't have a model that projects all that out, but maybe we can talk a little bit about who we expect to get the most receptions in this offense, Brent. Uh, Any receivers in that offense you like? So they've got on the depth chart Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Corey Coleman as maybe the top four.
1: All right, let me get these. Let's pull them up here. All right. Let's um, let's let's assume that all these guys are going to be healthy. Um, so I'm going to say Sterling Shepard. Um, he's he's my favorite receiver at, out of this group. Um, he, he did lead him in receptions last year. Uh, Darius Layton had more yards than him, but Sterling Shepard still led the team in receptions, and he only played 10 games last year. So I expect... I expect big things from Sterling Shepard. Um, I just like his skill set. Great route runner. Just seems like a great natural receiver. I'm a big fan of Sterling Shepard. Um, my number two in that offense probably be Golden Tate. Um, let's see. Yeah, Golden Tate. And then then probably Saquon. Evan Ingram. That guy's, <laughs> he's, got, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, yeah. I'd probably put Ingram next, and then that's that's all I'm going to mention. Was...
0: Oh, not even a mention for Darius Slayton, huh? Did I not mention him?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, but
0: I'm, I'm, I'm throwing. I thought answer. I did
1: throw, th- throw Slayton in there between or around the same area as Ingram and uh, Barkley for receptions.
0: I like Slayton My... probably the best at value. In this offense, he had 740 yards last year as a rookie out of Auburn. So he's taken in the fifth round. So he wasn't a high draft pick but to step in and do that. He was averaged 12 points a game in fantasy scoring based on if you use PPR scoring a number 38 among receivers for a rookie to come in and do that in an offense where they didn't have a lot of other weapons uh, as far as in the passing game who could, you know, maybe take some of the top corners away from him. Uh, You mentioned some of the injuries they had, Brent. I was impressed by Darius Slayton last year, and he doesn't have to improve a lot on what he did to get to wide receiver two, flex-type territory in your typical redraft league. So I I like Slayton a lot. The other two, I mean, at this point, I feel like they kind of just are what they are. Like They've both been around. Sterling Shepard has been in the league since 2016. Golden Tate's... 31 now going to be 32 next in a few days here, actually on August 2nd. Happy birthday, golden. Uh, But they like Sterling Shepard's best year was 2018. He had 872 yards. So not that much better than what Jerry Slayton did last year. And golden Tate is what he is. I mean, he's, he misses a lot of games. He has last played 16 games in 2017. He's past. He's getting older. I just don't see a lot of upside for Golden Tate. So if I were going to take a shot on somebody in this offense, I would take Darius Slayton. Uh, I think Evan Ingram is somebody with a lot of upside. Brent mentioned his issues staying healthy. I think that's the biggest obstacle in front of him. <sighs> he's incredibly productive when he is healthy. Uh, last year he was number seven in fantasy points per game among tight ends when he was healthy, 13.7 points per game, but he only played eight games. In 2018, he played 11 games uh, and, again, was productive. But, you know, it's just hard to count on Evan Ingram. Uh, maybe as a tight end, two in a redraft league, I would take a flyer. But I don't know if you're going to be able to get him at that type of value. So, Honestly, for me in redraft, he's probably a fade.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. But yeah, I mean, Slayton had some good games last year, um, but so did Sterling Shepard. And I think overall, Sterling Shepard's a better receiver. And I think finally Shepard will have his year next year
2: or this year, and he'll break he'll break out. Maybe get eighty catches this year. All right. Next uh, question. Who are your favorite two late-round
0: targets? So 10th-plus round is what he specified as late-round. At running back and receiver. So favorite running back going after round 10 and a favorite receiver. And this is from the read option. So thank you for that question. Let, Let me favorite running. Back.
2: Let me see so that
0: would be after round 10, so if you're in a 12-team league, that'd be
2: like 100, pick 120 would be round 10. So. I like Chase Edmonds for my running back. Um, let's see. I know who mine is. I like Christian. I love Christian Kirk at receiver this year, especially
0: at that value. He's going uh, 120 overall in ESPN leagues, ESPN ADP right now. So, uh, I I like theirs. And we did our NFC West preview episode on our podcast. So go check it out. And Christian Kirk was, I think, did was he your buy as well? Was he one of your picks, Brent? It wasn't Kirk. Um, And Dave had him. But yeah, I love Christian Kirk this year we have talked about Curtis Samuel he's going 149th overall i'm pretty high on him this year as well so that oh, really? would be a couple of receivers to take a flyer on i think upside at that point in the draft and i think those two have a quite a bit of it huh.
1: okay um where's emmanuel sanders going i like him uh it's he's uh, close to 10th round going 115 year. yeah so he's right he's around close, there. so if he's still available after the 10th round Definitely take him. I expect a huge year out of Emmanuel Sanders, and Drew Brees is going to absolutely love him. So I like I like him quite a bit. Yeah, Marlon. Go ahead.
0: Uh, I was just going to say Marlon Mack is a running back who's going twenty nine overall in the ESPN ADP. If something were to happen to Jonathan Taylor, uh, and I could see him becoming a running back one until Taylor returns if he returns so I think he's a a really good back with a lot of upside behind that offensive line in Indy this year and he could get some of the work even if Taylor stays healthy um Alexander Madison is out there they're not I mean a running back here kind of there's not a lot of great options at that point in the draft but Yeah, I like I like Madison too, and I'm
1: gonna throw out another receiver, and this one's definitely past the tenth round. And I saw there's a question asking about him, so this kind of kills two birds with one stone here. Um, Jamison Crowder, I think I think he'll have a big year, especially getting receptions from from Sam Sam Darnold. I think he could have a, a lot of catches this year. He could possibly, I mean, if he stays healthy, I can see them. I can see him getting. Over 90 catches, possibly hundred receptions this year. So I expect a pretty good year from Jameson Crowder, too. Yeah.
0: All right. Any of you want to do rapid fire on? We've got about five minutes left until we're at an hour, Brent. So all right. Uh let's go through a few just rapid fire. So uh Blank asked higher low on Sutton this year, given they drafted two wide receivers fairly early.
1: High or low on Sutton. Um <laughs> I'm, I like him. I don't know about this. I know this isn't rapid fire, but um, it's just I'm not a big fan of Drew Locke, so that's going to hold him back a little bit. So in Dynasty, yes. Redraft, I'd probably stay away.
0: Uh, I like him in both. I like Sutton a lot. I think he's a the true alpha in that offense until Jerry Judy proves otherwise. So give me a 4 in Sutton. Uh, is Jack Doyle being overlooked? Suck ebron and pittsburgh and rivers yeah. do you see him out his adp
1: yeah i do i i think i mean he doesn't have any he doesn't have ebron there to compete with and um we all know that philip rivers loves his tight end so yeah give me some jack doyle
0: yeah he's going 16 tight end 16 currently in espn adp so i could easily see him oh. out
1: performing that yeah i'd uh, love to have him as my backup tight end
0: All right, here's one for you, Brent. I know you have a love affair with the Pittsburgh wide receivers, so James Washington versus Deontay Johnson. Who you got? Uh,
1: Deontay Johnson, easy.
0: Yeah, I like Deontay Johnson probably a little more too. Brent has covered this on our podcast, but I am scared about Deontay Johnson and how much his ADP is increasing. I don't know if the value is near where it once was as far as potentially getting him as a sleeper for this year.
1: We'll answer that, that last of half of that question by Tart, too. Um, will Claypool or Ebron prove relevant in the Steelers' offense? I'll let you go ahead and answer this one.
0: I don't know about Ebron. It's been a long time since they've had a relevant tight end for fantasy purposes in that offense. Claypool could eventually, but I don't think it's this year.
2: Okay, I,
1: I like Ebron for this year. Claypool in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe... Ebron can do better, but we always thought Vance McDonald was gonna take that step and he never did. So it could be a Vance. Pittsburgh issue. Yeah. I mean
1: to, to give McDonald some credit, I mean he, he was never healthy. And when he was healthy, he did look pretty good at times. Yep. All right. How soon will one how soon will Wendell Smallwood take over in Pittsburgh? <laughs> never.
0: <laughs> I I like never that question. Sure. <laughs> Oh,
1: so Else we add yeah, any more rapid fire you can see. Do you per- well, th- this is kind of not really breaking news. I mean, it happened a couple hours ago, and Pineapple Pizza asked us to predict any, or do we predict any big time name fantasy relevant players opting out for the 2020 season? Um, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but Devin Funches has announced that he's not going to be playing this year, so. Um, that brings up Alan Lazard. I think he can have a big year. I, I thought he was going to have a big year anyway. I think he'd beat out Funches anyway. Um, but honestly, I think it helps out guys like uh, um, Reggie Bagleton. He's a Canadian football star <laughs> last year. And he, he's been on the team for a few months now. And look out for that that guy. So look out. And they also have uh, uh, Kumaro. Kumaro, yeah. I think he might might get some playing time and I mean poor Rogers he doesn't have a a lot so he's I mean me talking about a Canadian football player um in the Canadian football league as his possible third receiver is kind of scary
0: for him but the door is wide open for Alan Lazard to be a really good wide receiver too in that offense this year and I think he has the potential to take control of it all right, Brent, let's do a few more rapid fire as best we can. So is Gurley primed for another bounce back here? No. I would say I like him as a ty- as a running back, too, uh, this year. Uh, let's see. How do you feel about Chris Carson? Can he finish the season as a top 15 running back? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, is...
0: He can. I think maybe closer to 15 and then closer to the top five. But i not... About that Seattle backfield's a mess. And we've talked about that on the podcast as well. How do you feel about Geis and hunt and redraft? I don't like guys, but I do
1: like cream hunt. Um, cream hunt will get a lot of catches this year and guys. I don't see him playing very much, even if he, even if he is healthy,
0: I'm kind of the opposite of Brent. I like Geis a lot, <laughs> especially at his value. And for hunt, uh, He's fine, but he's probably not going to be a player I have a lot of because I because of his ADP
2: versus how I value him. Uh, let's see. Brent, any players you have a gut feeling about, but the numbers just don't support that feeling? Parkinson, maybe? I know he didn't have the greatest year last year. I think
1: he'll have he'll have a good year this year, especially if you have the opportunity to get him in dynasty. I think he'll have, he has a good good future.
0: Yeah, I think Geiss is mine for that one. He hasn't done much yet because he hasn't been healthy, but I have a good feeling about him. Dang, dang! I can't believe that. <laughs> he's a beast, man. I love the way. He, do, I love you own, out. do you own Guys in anything? I have him in one league, one dynasty league. I think. For him. Did we no, get him I drafted all? him in our new, in our Sprint and League. I drafted him. Uh, okay. no. Did we get them all? I don't think we got them all, but we got quite a few.
1: Thoughts on Juju? I like him for this year, especially if Big Ben is healthy. Only if Big Ben is healthy.
0: Yep, that's where I'm at, too. It'll be interesting. I think he's free agent after this year, if I remember right. So if you're in a dynasty league, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. But, uh, yeah, I think I like him for a bounce back here. What about David Njoku? Do you think he still has a chance to be fantasy relevant this year or future years?
1: Uh, maybe. I'm not a big fan of Hooper. Um, but, gosh, I mean, he plays for the Browns. I'm not a big fan of Baker Mayfield. So I'm not going to be owning too much of Njoku.
2: Yeah, I
0: I would. I'm not real high on Njoku either, both ne- now or in the future. So, uh. Well, Brent, we're right about an hour. Uh, I think we got most of the questions. So thank you, everybody, for submitting those. Uh, As uh, Space Ghost Force posted, we have our website. But really, the podcast is where we put out most of our content at this point. We're kind of slacking on the website. So we need to get that up. But definitely go check out the podcast. It should be available pretty much everywhere. Uh, Fantasy Players Club podcast. We do one show every week. Uh, the new one should be coming out tomorrow. It's an NFC North preview. Uh, and then we also are on Twitter at fantasy player. C. I'm at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. And Brent is at Brent H-E-I-K-E-S. H E I K E S. We loved uh, coming out here and answering some questions. This was fun. We should do this again sometime, Brent. It was, I had a good time. would be happy to come back anytime. So thanks space. Ghost force for having us blast it's an awesome community you guys have here uh and well done to everybody involved really appreciate it